0: Hey everyone, this is Annen Bergman, founder and CEO of Iray Financial. Welcome to another episode of Ad Bits, where I will be sharing bits of knowledge about self-directed retirement. If you wanna learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search Iray Financial. Hey everyone, hope everyone's well. Got another exciting episode of AdBits today. We're going to talk about self-directed IRA operating agreements, LLC's articles, and tax ID numbers, and kind of the three main players on how to set up a self-directed IRA LLC. And I get a lot of questions uh, from clients and colleagues about what's an operating agreement, why do you really need one? Doesn't seem like it's required by law. Why is it so important for? IRA, LLC, checkbook control structures? Why is there so much focus on the operating agreement? So I'm gonna spend some time today talking about those important subjects. So before I get started, just wanted to thank the self-directed IRA nation. Thanks for all your support. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing to Adam Talks, to AdBits, and to my new podcast, AdMail. Which i'm really excited about which covers some important questions each week from clients on self-directed retirement topics so thanks again for listening really appreciate the support and uh, i promise i'll keep pumping out the content uh, if you keep listening so without further ado let's get started so the whole idea of checkbook control is that a special purpose llc or limited liability company is set up that is wholly owned by the IRA and managed by you, the IRA owner, through a local bank. And checkbook control, the concept behind it is you get limited liability protection because you're using the LLC as a special purpose vehicle. You are getting more privacy and anonymity because the investment's made in the name of the LLC, not your name. For example, IRA Financial Trust Company, custodian for the benefit of Adam Bergman IRA, would not be the owner of the title if I used ABC LLC. Thirdly, you can reduce your custodian fees because the custodian is less involved. The self-directed IRA checkbook control structure basically creates the level of activity at the bank account level, not at the custodian level. So use the manager of the LLC, the one in charge of the bank account has the checkbook control to simply write a check or use a debit card to make investments. So that means the custodian's less involved and you are more actively involved. So that means the fees should be lower. And they are lower. And then the next and final benefit, I think is just speed, right? You don't need to go through the custodian to get things done. You don't need to go through the custodian to pay a bill. Uh, you can do it yourself. Just write a check to the plumber or the contractor or to the IRS. You can do it all yourself. So checkbook control is definitely the way to go if you're doing, investments with a lot of activity like real estate that is the trend it's been going that way for the last 20 years and it's going to continue because more and more people understand the ability and the i think strong strong advantage of limited liability protection more control less fees and more speed who, who wouldn't want that so when we set up a self-record ira LLC, a couple things you need to consider number one where are you going to set up the LLC? right? The LLC, the limited liability company, all 50 states, NDC, recognize LLCs, can set up in any state. Generally, if you're doing real estate, you're going to want to set up in the, in the state, you're going to hold the real estate. Why? Because that state will generally deem you be engaged in a trader business. So why pay two fees, right? Why set up in Delaware if you're going to buy property in Texas? Now you're going to pay two state filing fees. And you need to file to set up an LLC. So generally, it's a state filing fee. Could be anywhere from 50 to 500 bucks. Mass is the most. Massachusetts, 500 bucks. Missouri's 50 bucks. It's generally, the average is about 150, 200 bucks. And then there's annual fees that hover between 50, zero for some states and up to 800 franchise fees for California. But the median, I would say, is about 100, 150 bucks for the benefit of having that LLC. So very minimal cost beauty of an LLC, it's a flow-through entity. If you have one owner, it's a disregarded entity for tax purposes, meaning it does not file its own federal or state income tax return, no tax. The owner, in this case, is an IRA. We know IRAs don't pay tax. So it's a very clean structure from a tax standpoint. Plus, you get that limited liability protection, right? What does that mean? That means if, God forbid, your LLC gets sued, a creditor can only get what's inside. The LLC. You can't get anything outside of the LLC. So, any of your other IRA assets, they generally wouldn't be able to go after your personal assets. Remember, because you don't own the LLC, your IRA does. So, it's more to protect your other IRA assets in the account from creditor attack. So, once you've decided you want checkbook control, now you know you could do it through an LLC. Um, you can also do it through a C Corp, but not as tax advantageous because C Corps pay 21% tax. LCs don't have an entity level tax. So that's why you don't see a lot of checkbook control with C-Corps. There's one reason you would use a C-Corp and that is if you generate UBTI or unrelated business taxable income, you're going to need to block that. So a C-Corp could make sense, but you're going to pay 21% versus potentially 37% with UBTI. So that's why it's really the only reason you would do a C-Corp IRA versus an LLC is to protect the IRA from UBTI, unrelated business, taxable income. Otherwise, you, you go LLC because it's a flow through. A, a LLC with two or more members is treated as a partnership. The only difference with a single member is a multi-member has to file a partnership return, Form 1065, and a state equivalent. There's still no tax at the entity level, so it's still very clean from a tax perspective. So what are the other players? So you got the LLC set up. IRA Financial will set it up for you. Um, you get a tax ID number, which is done through the IRS. It's free. Why do you need a tax ID number? Well, if you want to open a bank account, you're going to need a tax ID number as part of that process. So basically, you go online, the IRS website, you'll put in some information about you as the manager, and you're going to put some info in about the company, the new LLC you're setting up, and you will get an EIN number. Now couple things to remember with the EIN. The IRS, their technology is not very good. So they, basically when you go online to get the EIN, they spit out an EIN letter basically confirming your EIN number, which is cool because you can get that number like within a minute. The problem is the letter is a standard letter. So it's going to always say, you know, ABC LLC. And then under it, it's always going to say sole member Adam Bergman even if the member is not Adam Bergman, even if the member is Joe Smith, because I'm doing it for Joe Smith, or even if the member is my IRA, the way the system is set up, and because it's so antiquated, it basically always defaults to the person that fills in the information as the authorized rep, as the sole member. So it should just say authorized rep, because that's what it says on the questionnaire when you're completing the information. It doesn't say who the sole member is, says who the authorized rep is. So that's when you would put your name, Adam Bergman. But when you get the letter confirming the EIN online from the IRS, it always says sole member, which is ridiculous. Um, in the past, you've been able to send a letter to the IRS basically saying, please uh, disregard the letter. Adam Bergman is not the sole member. The sole member is IRA Financial Trust Company, you know, so on and so forth. They basically stopped accepting that. So that is a, Big reason why the LLC operating agreement is so important. The LLC operating agreement basically is the playbook for the LLC. It tells you the rules, okay? It tells you who the owners are, who the managers are, what are the rules, okay? Who makes decisions? Where the address of the LLC is? It is the key document. It's basically the 10 commandments, the Bible for the LLC. So the operating agreement trumps, you know, excuse my, use of the word Trump, but um, it trumps the EIN letter. Meaning you can have Adam Bergman on the EIN letter, but if ultimately Joe Smith is the owner of the LLC, that would be in the operating agreement. And I always give this example. If I started Apple Computer, okay, and I'm Steve Jobs, and I I go and get an EIN for Apple Computer, it's going to say Steve Jobs. But ultimately, I'm going to get 10 shareholders, 50 shareholders, 1,000 shareholders, 1,000 shareholders, a million shareholders. You don't update the EIN letter each time you get a new shareholder, right? That would be ludicrous. <laughs> you just change your operating agreement or shareholder agreement in the context of a C-Corp or a shared ledger if it's a public company. So that's why you don't need to worry about the EIN letter. That's why the operating agreement is so important. It tells you what's going on. That is the key document. That is where you will have lawyers look at if there's a problem. If you have an an argument with your partner, let's say Adam and Joe sets up an LLC to own a pizza restaurant, and the operating agreement shows that it's 50-50 percentage interest, but it shows that Adam Bergman is the sole owner, sole, excuse me, manager of the LLC, then I get to make all the decisions. So if my partner comes and says, well, that's not fair, I should make these decisions, Well, you sign the operating agreement. That's what you agree to. We can amend it and change it if we agree to the terms, but the document dictates the rules. So that's why it's important in the case of any LLC, especially a business LLC, to have a professional review the operating agreement or draft it. Definitely get a lawyer, look at it. It's not as important for an IRA. Why? Because you own the IRA. So you're not going to sue yourself, right? If the IRA owns 100% of an LLC, the terms are generally boilerplate or standard. Um, There's some important language that needs to go in the operating agreement, such as prohibited transactions, UBTI, needs to be manager managed, not member managed, Um, some important things that need to be in there. But it's not as contentious as if you have a partnership with individuals and you're forming a partnership to run a business, you're not going to have a lot of business decisions here because you're the manager and it's your IRA. So it's basically... One and the same. Now, what happens if you have multiple IRAs as owners? Well, it could be more complicated, right? If it's you and your spouse, I've seen issues where you have a divorce, you have the husband's IRA, the wife's IRA, there's a divorce. And now they look at the operating agreement, how they can make decisions in terms of who can sell the property held by the LLC. So there's all these things to consider. Single member LLCs are the safest and easiest. No Form 1065 partnership return and you don't have to deal with another partner. If you have a partnership, and it's your two IRAs, traditional and Roth, that's also pretty easy because you're not gonna have a fight with yourself. I mean, unless you're totally berserk and nutso, you're not gonna start litigating against yourself. So it's really, it's more of a document that will protect you to make sure that if someone looks at your structure, they see clearly that the IRA owns it, not you. So I always look at the document as more proof and protection for you. That the structure is basically something that's solid and contained, and you don't have to worry to prove to the IRS that you own this entity because the operating agreement clearly shows that the IRA owns it. So it's important; it's necessary. New York actually requires an LLC operating agreement for an LLC, but interestingly, doesn't have any penalties. And as far as I know, no state. Will issue penalties if you don't have an operating agreement. You don't file an operating agreement with the state, okay? Let me make that clear. You do not file the operating agreement with the state. It's a private document that you hold or your partners hold. And that becomes the document that you and your partners will look to for questions like who owns what, who manages, how decisions are made, can additional contributions be made, uh, who decides if there's a liquidation, Um, all this important stuff is in the operating agreement. And it's way more important for a business to have an attorney and someone review it who can take into account the party's interests and the financial interest of the, uh, the, the parties. In the case of an IRA, it's more of a situation where you want to make sure that it's codified and it's clear that the IRA is the owner, not you. You want to show that it's manager managed, not member managed. You want to make sure there's all these prohibited transaction rules so that it confirms um, with with 4975 and 408. So it's clear that the rules are being followed in the LLC. But other than that, it's really for your protection. Okay, it's not a situation where you need the operating agreement um, to deal with any you know third-party litigation or or protection from outside parties. It's more about a situation where you're showing a third party like the IRS that, hey, this is the structure of the um, entity. It's owned by an IRA. It's not owned by me as per the EIN letter from the IRS. It's owned by the IRA. It's manager managed. All the profits and losses go to the IRA. All distributions go to the IRA. Um, I'm the manager and I am required to follow the rules under 408 and 4975, can't buy collectibles, can't self-deal, so on and so forth. Um, so it's really a key document. There's no right or way to, wrong way to draft it. Uh, I've been doing this for uh, LLC operating agreements for like 20 years. Um, so I've seen thousands of different versions of them. Uh, I think ours is the best version. I think it's the tightest. I think it's the cleanest, easiest, and safest for the IRA investor because it has everything needed in there. But there's different ways to draft it. There's no wrong or right way. It just needs to have certain basic elements. Um, But again, each state um, has its own LLC rules. There's different statutes per each state. But generally, the operating agreements can be used um, cross state lines because you're talking about general terms. Just needs to refer to specific state statutes. But the ideas and concepts in the operating agreement are all the same. Uh, who manages it, who owns it, how profits and losses and distributions are distributed, uh, where the address is, um, how liquidations are done, things like that, which are the most important. So overall, again, um, IRA Financial, don't worry if you're not a client, you want to set this up, you don't have to do this on your own. IRA Financial will do it. We've been doing this for you know, 11 years, We've done, I don't know, probably 11, 12,000 of these. We know it better than anyone. Uh, We will take care of it for you. We will file it properly. We'll get you the right operating agreement. We'll we'll deal with your EIN uh, letter um, and we'll make sure that at the end of the day, if the structure is ever looked at by the IRS or a third party regulator, it will be clear that the IRA owns it. You simply manage it. You follow the rules under Swanson v. Commissioner, which is the basically landmark case for checkbook control, 1996 tax court case and you're going to have all the bells and whistles in the operating agreement. We can customize it for you. If you have multiple parties, we can decide who makes what decisions. If it's, let's say, you and your spouse, you can have unanimous decisions on this and you can make decisions on on X and she can make decisions on Y. It's very flexible. And that's another reason why LLCs are so popular. There's no corporate formalities like corporations. You don't need member minutes. You don't need bylaws. You don't need stock certificates. It's very, very flexible. Uh, the operating agreement basically covers everything. So whatever's in the operating agreement is all you need. Uh, and, and again, it's, you don't need the corporate formalities and you have a lot of flexibility in structuring the operating agreement. As I mentioned, you can determine who makes what decisions. Um, you're somewhat flexible in terms of how profits and losses are allocated. Um, you can change percentage interests up if there's economic substance and and you can pretty much do anything you want in it that's legal. You can say, I don't want to allow investments in this area. Um, I don't want the other manager to have any consent in these management decisions, or I want unanimous consent in those decisions. So super flexible, we'll customize it as you wish, uh, but it's super important for the fact that you want to be able to show in substance and in form that the IRA is the sole owner of the LLC and that you're the manager. So. I hope you have learned a little bit about LLCs, EINs, and operating agreements. Um, it's not something you need to draft yourself, don't worry. I, you know, I went to law school. I have a master's in tax law, I've done LLCs for high net worth and sophisticated partnerships to large companies and to IRAs and 401ks, and uh, it's, it's just you know an art form. It's not something you just pick up, you got to kind of learn. And that's the good news, we can do it for you and you don't really have to worry about it. And we can pretty much customize it for you. So that's in a nutshell, kind of the self-directed IRALC, kind of the, the framework behind it. Uh, the good news is you get to just invest. You don't have to worry about the nuts and bolts of the operating agreement or the LLC articles or the EIN. We take care of all that for you. So hope you found this uh, episode of AdBits interesting and insightful um i appreciate all the support subscribe it's a weekly podcast i really think you'll get a lot out of these podcasts Um, there's some really cool episodes i got planned uh, some really uh, i think fascinating topics involving self-directed retirement topics so i think you'll get a lot of value so appreciate the support keep subscribing give us a like and stay healthy stay safe we're gonna get through all of this and uh, take advantage of the time if you're home. Learn as much as you can about self-directed retirement investing. If you're into the alternative asset investment marketplace, there's some really cool stuff, some cool tax planning you can do, and the education I'm happy to provide. I wish someone provided it to me. I had to learn it for myself. So I'm, I'm giving it all to you. Just give me 20 or so minutes a week. Uh, I promise you'll get a lot out of it. So thanks again. Be safe. Talk to you soon.